American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. The story of Helen Jewett tells us pretty much everything we need to know about this world of cash, gender, the sporting life, and prostitution in the middle of the 19th century. In 1836, Helen Jewett was a 23-year-old prostitute. She was originally from Maine, originally named Dorcas Doyen. Now, she had been orphaned at 13, but had been adopted by a local judge, but kicked out when she had sex as a teenager with a local banker. Today, this would be considered rape, but back then, it was not. In New York, she went to the theater to solicit men to bring back to a brothel run by a madam named Rosina Townsend. One of the regular visitors to this brothel, which was just like any other brothel in New York City, was a young clerk named Richard Robinson. Now, he was famous. Uh, he worked in a famous New York um, garment business. And so this is exactly part of this world we're talking about, of, of uh, clothing and of cash. He was a regular customer at this brothel. And one night, after serving them champagne, the madam left. Now, there's no real need for me to tell you all the gory details, but the madam returned the following morning, only to find smoke issuing from her body, her partially on fire, mostly mutilated body. Helen Jewett had not just been killed in the night, she had also been set on fire and mutilated. This was shocking. It was shocking in the newspapers. It transformed what was appropriate for public discussion in America. And across the country, there were debates over how this woman of Native American stock, one of these good girls that had been so people had been so concerned about in the transition to factory life, had actually ended up as a prostitute in New York City. Who she was, and most pivotally, whether Robinson should be jailed was the question. At the time, people said, quote, no man ought to forfeit his life for the murder of a whore. It presents the obvious question. What did it mean to buy somebody? What did it mean to buy a woman and have sex with her? Where did your rights begin and end? And of course, in a society in which slavery was still legal, the boundaries over this in terms of race between a white woman and, of course, black, and black men and black women was necessarily part of the conversation. Did this Robinson have a right to her body to the extent that he could kill her? It opened a discussion, a moral panic, on clerks and merchants and these young women of the city, of all these people in the sporting life run amok whether murder was the natural result of a society that commercialized sex without social control. And that was, in fact, an extension of this new commercial life based on cash relationships. It's not possible to have brothels and anonymity in sex like this in a society that doesn't have cash relationships, in which young men are still part of the household. Robinson came from a good family. He was from Connecticut. He was a new young, young single male in New York City with money and no one in charge of him, no control. 
Robinson said, quote, I was an unprotected boy without female friends to introduce me to respectable society, sent to a boarding house where I could enter at what hour I pleased, subservient to no control after the business of the day was over. His boss was not his master. He was his own boss. And his desires were his moral compass. And the possibility of where he would go was limited only by the cash in his pocket. The Jewett case was about murder. It was about prostitution. But it was also about the nature of this market economy, what could be bought and what could not be bought. And he had his defenders. He had a pseudonym at the time. He called himself Frank Rivers. And his supporters engaging as well in this new commercial economy wore Frank Rivers caps. This was um, caps on their heads to show that they were in line. They agreed with Frank Rivers. In contrast, supporters of Jewett wore white beaver hats with a black band of crepe. At the trial, the room was packed with young men who dressed and looked like the real Richard Robinson or the fake Frank Rivers. Which one was the real him? Which one did they support? Mostly, they didn't care about him at all, but they cared about a certain vision of bodies that could be bought, especially women's bodies, in the city in exchange for cash. Trading cash for clothes, cash for sex, liberated from these old moral orders. Railing against the family, the sporting life of clothing and sex and violence and drinking was everything that middle-class genteel life was not. And the wearers of the Frank Rivers hats knew that. They identified with that. They defended that. And in the end, Richard Robinson was acquitted. The answer was, it was okay to kill a woman as long as she was a whore. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University.